Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, another guest today. Uh, Sabrina and I connected a while ago, and it's been kind of an in and out, back and forth. Um, when will we record? Today's the day. <laughs> Today is the day. So, welcome, uh, Sabrina Fletcher. I'll let you introduce yourself. Um, and thank you for being here today to talk about, you know, a piece of the abortion story that has been in my podcast for sure, but is not my, uh, not my focus, not my zone of genius, not my personal story. So, um, thanks for being here and I'll let you just start by introducing yourself. Yeah. Thank you, Amanda. I'm really happy to be here and to be able to talk about the, the type of abortion, the, the people who go through this type of abortion that, that I support because it's this interesting intersection between abortion and pregnancy loss. Yeah. Although, you know, anybody can decide for themselves and put, you know, whatever definition uh, on their abortion. But I find in general, the people that I work with have gone through what's called a TFMR which is termination for medical reasons. And mm -hmm. these usually happen, some happen very early for, for certain medical reasons, usually for maternal or perinatal reasons of the person carrying the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, but they usually happen much later. Some people have even had a baby shower. Yeah. Some people have their, their whole nursery set up. They've already set up their maternity leave. And then they find out that something is very, very, very wrong with their baby. And that upon birth, the baby would suffer, would live a life with life-limiting conditions. And um, yeah. it's very, very heartbreaking. And one of the things that makes it even more heartbreaking is the fact that, um, I mean, you know, working in the abortion space, there's still so much stigma around yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that stigma exists in the pregnancy loss area as well. Mm -hmm. So we're not welcome in certain places to talk about our grief, to talk about losing our babies, loving our babies. Um, and we've, we've had to create special spaces where, where our stories can be safe. Yeah. So uh, sometimes I pull my my audience. So um, I'm online as the TFMR doula uh, on Instagram and Facebook, all those places. Um, and sometimes I, I pull my audience and I ask them, um, have you ever shared your story publicly? Hmm. I mean, I don't know exactly how they define that, but I mean, like sharing, you know, yeah. with your community or, or just sharing on, on social media and it's usually between like 70 to 80% say no. Yeah, yeah. They don't feel safe to share 
their whole story mm-hmm. when that's actually the piece that that we really need to share in safe mm-hmm. places where it will be accepted so that we can process the trauma and the grief that goes that comes along with making this heartbreaking decision yeah 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 i have had um a miscarriage and a termination by choice as in uh like a lifestyle termination i consider them both pregnancy losses mm-hmm. um but I totally understand this space you're speaking to and the way that you define pregnancy loss. It's like, like that miscarriage I had to surrender to and let happen. I was literally just like this. Yeah. Surrender is like the best um, way I can describe it. And so I can see how choosing um, a termination for a medical reason is like that combination of like, you are in control, but you're not in control. And like, you do have a choice, but you don't have a choice. And it's like, I mean, you always have a choice, right? You can carry a pregnancy and move through. You can put your own life at risk. Like there's lots of, there's technically always a choice, but there's not really. I mean, like, what does that even mean? Um, so I think it's a really tender and special place that needs to be spoken to. Um, and I can see how like, um, in clients I've talked to and the community I've seen, and I was a doula for a long time before too. I think the story I hear a lot, which is, I'm guessing the story you hear a lot is like, People know I lost the baby, but they don't know like the details, (laughs) right? It's like, they don't know all of the story. And it's really hard to heal from something when people don't know all of the story. And um, actually think you speaking to that will be really helpful for my audience who've chosen abortion for lifestyle too, because that is often their story too, is like, people think I had a miscarriage. Really, I chose to have, you know, wasn't a spontaneous miscarriage, it was a chosen. And so, yeah, like, what does that look like for you when people are trying to heal, but they're not sharing all of their story? And feel free to share your story too. I don't know if this is a place for that or. Sure, sure. Oh, oh, so much. So much I want to say about all of these things. Um, So much. Because I felt all of those things as well. Um, And I find that a lot of us come to this work through going through it ourselves. Yeah. So I I have been through a termination for medical reasons as well. It was in early 2018. Um, And there was just so much wrong with just so much wrong with the way that I was treated, how I wasn't seen as a bereaved mother, which I understand because, um, you know, in the abortion clinics, they want to let each patient, each person put the meaning on it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but the head doctor knew, and I just mm. assumed that he had told the staff, but he didn't. And I felt like they were looking at me like, why is this lady crying so much? Why is she asking for like a separate room to be with her husband? 
they just didn't mm. get me like I didn't fit in their box and I'm sure a lot of people for abortion for any reason you know they feel like I just don't fit in this box and there's yeah. no space for my my emotions and my yeah. process and yeah. and since that experience I mean before I've always been very pro-choice for whatever reason you know anybody's choices for all pregnancy outcomes mm-hmm. um, I support all of them and always have but since going through this process, I realized I, I kind of feel like almost all abortions are a termination for medical reasons Yeah. because it has to do with our bodies. We're totally. also choosing to not put our body through a full-term pregnancy. Yeah. 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 That is a take a moment thought right I mean there's so they they really all are and like you said I can understand why clinics and I had my abortion through my um general care so I don't have the experience personal experience of going to a clinic yeah um but you can understand why a clinic wants to sort it's like hold space for all people's feelings, just like super empowered. I'm here to be in charge of my own life and end this pregnancy and like, yeah, great. But then at the same time, like not everybody's here for that reason. And so you can understand where they want to hold that neutral space, but, (laughs) and it ends up somehow feeling like a cold space, right? Like a detached space, like a disconnected space. That's what I hear from most of my clients. And most of my clients have not terminated for medical reasons, although some have. Um, It's like they were there for me and they saw me, but they didn't. Like they, like I was not welcome even though it was supposed to be, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, what if, what if we just held all termination for medical reason, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, light, like whatever it is, like, what if we just held space for that sadness, no matter who was coming in? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I totally felt that disconnect. And then being in this open-hearted, bereaved mother space for myself, in the pre-op and recovery room with all of these other, it was too much. I was too permeable. It was like too much of other people's energies and like all of their own stories and pain. Yeah. Oh, it was just too much. I just remember there was this other woman who, um, like after they told her that she could go, she like bounced up and hugged the nurses and was like, thank right. you. She's like, thank and sort you. Of, like, popped out of the clinic. But right. I was like, oh my God, that is not my experience. Yeah. Right what now. planet what am happening? I on? Where right am now? I? I'm yes. I'm on a foreign, I'm, I'm an alien. I'm an yeah. alien. And like, nobody is seeing my alienness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, what is, what is the definition of trauma? Too much, too fast, too something else. Oh my God, it's like not coming to me right now. But what you're describing is like so priming us for trauma, 
right? When it's all too much too fast because we're not feeling seen, because we're not feeling validated, because we're not feeling connected and loved, like we're setting ourselves up for trauma, which is like, you could even hear the pause in my voice because this is not a blame of the clinics in any way. It's not like, like I appreciate and love the clinics for their existence so very much. And like, we need the access. We need more clinics. We need more providers. We need all of it. But also like we, we have to look at what we're missing here and what, you know, I, um, I think we could have the whole same conversation um, about the counseling that happens before terminations and where that is, is missing the boat. Um, it's a system we're grateful to have, but it is very broken. And your, your story and your example is just prime um, evidence of that. And as I was going through it, I felt like am I the only person who's ever had this experience? Because nobody talks about this type of pregnancy. I mean, yeah. more and more people are starting to talk about it. And now that I'm in the space, of course, I see it. And like the algorithms shows me all these stories. Yeah. Um, but before I went through it, I didn't know anybody in my personal life who had had a termination for medical reasons. Yeah. I knew yeah. some friends who had had like early abortions for, you know, regular reason yeah um but i didn't know anybody who had ever been in in my situation yeah i just felt so alone i felt so isolated i felt like i was the crazy one i felt like i was going crazy because um i was a grieving mother but nobody else was seeing me as a grieving mother so it must have all been in my head. I must be the crazy one. Mm. I'm not allowed to grieve this. Like what? It was very, yeah. very confusing until I found these communities of mm. termination for medical reasons. Or um, A really good one that I always recommend is Ending a One in Pregnancy. They have a Facebook group. Um, there are others that I found since then, Terminations Remembered. And mm, That's um, a beautiful name. Yeah. So... Mm. On both of those websites, they have um, a whole bunch of stories. Yeah. So after I went through this, I read all of the stories and then went looking for more and read more and just wanted to take in all of the stories and know that I wasn't alone. Yeah. Yeah. Know that I wasn't crazy for wanting to honor and remember and grieve my baby and say yeah. my baby died. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because I actually did know people who had terminated for medical reasons and I knew people who had terminated as teenagers or like young women without kids. And I remember sobbing in the parking lot and crying, going like Googling, am I the only mother who chooses abortion? Like what mm -hmm. I must be like, you're saying an alien, right? Like, but for me, I felt like a monster. Like I must be a monster because I'm already a mom and I'm choosing this, like something must be wrong with me. And so that's just the thread of termination, of abortion, of reproductive health care is like, this is a problem. Like we all feel so alone. We all feel so alone. And that's, you know, how do we speak to that? How do we heal that? How do we change that? Um, 
what are some of the ways you now I'm assuming most of the people who find you who work with you who are looking for you have already felt those feelings like they've already felt like the alien they've already felt like the only one they've already felt like alone and isolated so it's more a process of going back healing what's been done and moving forward what is what are some of your favorite tools for that healing what's been done and moving forward. It's a lot of heart work. It's a lot of um, remembering why we made the decision. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you even need to get out your whole medical file again and like read over all of the Mm. things again or Um, something that really helps people is, uh, even months later or like a year later, they'll call up the doctor that they got the diagnosis through or their their genetic counselor and ask for a follow-up meeting. Um, I've only heard good things Mm. about that, Mm -hmm. um, because they're usually able to say, yes, it was as severe as we saw or, um, the testing that we that you had is 99.9% accurate or whatever the numbers yeah. are for that person. Um, so it can give them that sense of calm again to know that they made the decision for the right reasons. Although that's always going to come from you. Right. <laughs> Which yeah. is so hard because the person going through the abortion, um, you know, whatever gender you are, but you know, if you're a woman or right, right. binary, what, whatever, um, yeah. you are the one. I know. And you want so badly, decision. like you want someone to validate it for you, yeah. to give you permission to forgive yourself, to give you permission to like be okay again. Yeah. Because um, it's not your spouse. It's not your partner. It's not yeah. your husband who's signing yeah. the paperwork, the release and the, the, the with all of the political rhetoric on it and like of course I considered all of these options and that's why I'm here like don't be it's so patronizing and patriarchal that Mm -hmm. stuff that we have to sign and read and then it's just this awful layer when it's already when 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 we're already feeling like this is an awful pregnancy loss yeah and now you're saying have you considered adoption right (laughs) Is that really a question you have to answer when you're going? It was on my paperwork. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, um, my, my abortion. So I, I live in Mexico. I'm originally from California, Um, but that's not isolated. Like that is on paperwork in many different States in the U S probably countries. Right. Do you think there's um, ever anyone, I mean, this, is, this is a side note, but do you think there's ever anyone even who's choosing for lifestyle or just like whatever reason, who's like, oh, I hadn't considered adoption. Like what, it's, it's such a dumb question anyway. Like nobody's mm-hmm. going to be like, you're the first one who's mentioned that to me. I think I'm going to go find a, a family. Like nobody does that. <laughs> Or if they do, it's because some, I don't know your religious background, but like some religious counselor like guilted them into it. It's like, it's just crazy. And that is where 
you know, it's just these systemic, patriarchal, disconnected, cold, outdated systems that serve, they don't serve the people, right? Mm. They don't serve the people. They're serving insurance companies or politicians or- The laws, they have to comply with the laws or else they can't keep doing the service. Yeah, yeah. But I saw it and I had to read it and it was right there in front of me and I had to sign it with my own hands. And then I started crying. And so the nurse took me into a little room and was like, are you sure you, and I'm like, didn't, didn't the doctor tell you like what's happening? Oh gosh. (laughs) Oh, the viewers. I was like, yes, 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 I know. (laughs) Yes, I knew, I knew. I so so knew what was going on and I so knew what was happening and I knew why I had to make the decision that I did. Um, I don't think I talked about my my diagnosis. Um, So um, I was also a mother already when I Mm -hmm. had my abortion, like you. Uh, So my my oldest was around four. um, Mm -hmm. And then my 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 husband, uh, he was just my partner at the time. And then we got married. And then, um, so we were waiting until after the wedding to try and conceive again. And I had taken like a six month fertility, like tracking your mucus and all this yeah. <laughs> beforehand. And we were taking all the vitamins and doing all the things. And then um, she was, you know, our honeymoon period baby. Mm, yeah. And then at the 11, 14 week scan where they, they look at the, the back of the neck, mm-hmm. um, hers was enlarged. And um, it was actually diagnosed as a cystic hygroma, but there was also swelling all over the body. So mm-hmm. she also had what's called high drops, which is swelling, which pointed to either um, a massive heart defect or T13, T21, T18, or some other genetic disorder. Um, But because of the laws, the way they were, um, we had to make a fast decision. We had like six and a half days to make our decision. Not enough time to even wait so I could get a CVS or amniocentesis. Oh my goodness. I mean, I could have done that, but then I would have had to like go to another, I would have had to like leave my country. I still had to leave my state. That was a question I was going to ask you was about travel. I always think about the decisions being very rushed for the, for the, the gen, the clientele I'm usually working with and speaking to, um, a lot of times we're wanting to make a choice before while well, we can still use the pill. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of had it in my head that you wouldn't have that same rush, that it would be just slower and gentler for you. And when you said that about like having to make a choice because of the laws, right. And because of access at certain clinics, you too can't even get all the testing you need to come to like a level of peace, even though you probably knew, right. But like still to not be able to go like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Right. Um, 
Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I never thought of that, that it would be a rushed thing in your case too. I mean, I certainly have thought of um, a medical termination being rushed for the mother's health. That's something I can imagine happens. Um, sure, sure. But, well, one, you know, once something's wrong, then they're going right. to what a tragic example of how law influences what's best for us and our families and our well-being yeah um, it's awful yeah i'm so sorry that is that is awful and you mentioned travel yeah um and I was going to say earlier, I bet a lot of the people you're seeing and talking to have to travel out of state or yep. travel maybe out of country for the care they need. Some of them have to wear baggy clothes so that the airline will let them fly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my heart just breaks for, I know. because we're already in this position where, I mean, what we need is bereavement care. What, right. what we need is a law stool. And you have to hide like someone. a criminal just to get a flight to a clinic that will help you make this. That will not allow your husband choice. or your partner or anybody to go in with you. And you have to leave your cell phone at the front desk like you're going into a jail. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, we live in quite a world, don't we? <laughs> so yeah, so this is this is the trauma yeah. that people are, are working through when they come to me. Yeah. Um so besides like I talk a lot about the the heart-based decision and, and going over your your medical records again if you need to, and then yeah. just um just working through to find that peace inside. Mm -hmm. um, some, some other things that can help, uh, I always recommend trauma informed therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever that looks like for that person, whatever works best for them, EMDR worked well for me. Mm -hmm. Other people like CBT, there are some new things coming out, havening, having something like that, yeah. um, where it's like stroking the skin. So there, there are different modalities. Yep. Um, so I always try and say, I know that you're like exhausted in grief and that, and right now with the pandemic, everybody is overloaded and you're on this like months long wait list to get even to see if you like that therapist <laughs> right? or to find out if they're anti-choice and they won't even want to see you in your case. Um, but I tell them like, keep trying, keep looking for right. the right modality for you until you yeah. find the one that works for you. And then I work on the like ceremonial ritual side. So mm -hmm. I can help people through a postpartum ritual, like doing a ritual bath or other sorts of writing a letter or, you know, we can create it for yeah. that person to yeah. have that, to, to close, to close something, not to, not to move on from your baby. Yeah. You know, we will always bring, you know, our baby along with us, our baby's memory and our connection to our baby, mm -hmm. but to, to honor the rite of passage yeah. that you have gone yeah. through because it's a birth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the words honor and release are coming to me, right? It's like, just be um, able to, to let go enough 
to make room to heal, right? Sometimes we're holding so tightly that there's no room to heal and we have to release to make room. And then we can find our modality. We can find our therapist. We can find our spiritual um, ceremony. Um, but until we release and make room, there's nowhere to move to find your healing. Um, I found a, a postpartum doula in my area and she mm. did this ritual bath. And even the, um, the tradition here in, in Mexico is like this closing of the bone ceremony. Mm. So she did that for me and a massage and then sort of talking processing afterwards. Yeah. And that helped me release the fact that all those people in the clinic or online or in these like horrible comment sections who tell me it's not grief, it's abortion regret. So I saw this comment one time. Oh my God. So I was able to like release all of that. Like that is not my truth. Yeah. And yeah. my truth is I am a bereaved mother. Yeah. And I went through this and I honor my baby and I will always love her. And I deserve care. I deserve holding mm. through this. Mm. What a gift she's given you. It's not a gift you would have chosen, right? It's mm. not like, oh, this is the way I want to learn yeah, <laughs> this right. lesson in my life. No, but ultimately, like, what a gift she's given you to help you take this journey to love and honor and feel that worth, even when the world tells you otherwise. Um, yeah, and when you say when you say she, um, I feel like you're talking about that doula. And also oh, my baby. I was actually talking about your baby. Yeah, but I feel, but it's, it's but I could have been oh, talking, you were about, talking about my baby. I was talking about your baby. Just, I think yeah. that's probably because I've heard you reference her as a she. Yeah. Um, and oh, yeah. I think you did in this up in, you know, in our conversation today, but maybe our listeners didn't pick up on it the way I did because I knew you, you connected with her as a she and you named her, right? Yeah. 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 So we named her Clara. Yeah. Which I later found out. Um, so while I was recovering in my husband's family home in Mexico, yeah. he has a very large family. Um, and a lot of them are very Catholic. And I was worried. Yeah. But I was like so open that I think when I was still, I was like still under the anesthesia. Yeah. I told him like, we're telling the whole story. I'm not holding it in. Right. And, um, and so we, we told them the whole story mm -hmm. and, um, one of his, his, uh, must have been his sister-in-law, well, my sister-in-law too, but like his brother's wife, Yep. I was talking to her and she was praying with me. And, um, then I said, we've, we've named the baby Clara. And she said, oh my gosh, really? She I have said chills that, right now. <laughs> <laughs> she said, she said that that's the name that your husband's mom always wanted to name one of her girls. Oh and she my never God. My whole body is like tingling. <laughs> that's so beautiful. So it felt like, wow. you know, this whole like family connection, wow. even like a sign from my husband's mother. Yeah. Who yeah. died when, when he was six. Yeah. Wow. Do you talk to, um, you have one other child? 
so or, I have so I have a daughter who was born before our second baby yeah. died and mm-hmm. then um I have a third daughter uh who was born after okay so, yeah so she would be considered in the in the lost community use the term rainbow yeah baby. yeah yeah and do you um do you talk to your children about Clara like is she a part of your family yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And actually, my oldest daughter is the yeah. one who, like, does mo- most of the rituals with me. Like, yeah. we'll, like, keep an altar for her, or she'll say, oh, mommy, I was on a walk, and I saw this white flower, and it's from Clara, and it's for you, and then yeah. we'll put it on the on the altar, light a candle, um, Sweet. and then, yeah, and then, like, near the hard days, like, the anniversary day, or her due date, um, if I, if, you know, I'll, I'll tell my family, I'm like, this date is coming up and I'm feeling this way. And then she's there with me and grieving her sister yeah. too. That my youngest is just, has just turned two. Yeah. Um, and my <laughs> oldest daughter keeps telling her, you had a sister who died. And she's like, oh. <laughs> she doesn't get it yet. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> but it's just going to be part of the family conversation. It's another, yeah. another sibling that yeah. she has, but is not here. Yeah. Yeah. And I have those conversations with, with my kids too, in a similar way. So um, for anyone listening, who's like feeling like, well, I can't do that because mine wasn't for medical reasons. You can, Mm. you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you need to do. If it feels good, go for it. Yeah. (laughs) Permission granted. Right. (laughs) Um, do you want to speak a little bit to, um, I mean, there's a lot of literature out there and a lot of, uh, content about rainbow babies, but do you want to speak to any of the uniqueness, um, in carrying another pregnancy after a loss by termination? Ooh, um, I would just say, um, it's okay to feel anxious and that you're not going to harm your baby by still needing to grieve your other baby or going through your own process or, you know, still needing to process whatever trauma and the the pregnancy itself will bring up that trauma, especially as you're reaching the the week that you lost the baby prior right Um, of course that's like a very scary time like is it gonna happen again right um in your case like well probably most like going for certain testing or yeah 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 oh which i have a whole other story about (laughs) about that but when i went in for like the nipt testing for my rainbow baby yeah and they called the baby i was carrying like the products of conception and i was like no (laughs) this is yeah (laughs) again it's like i get why you do that from a clinical standpoint but please recognize this is like we're human beings with human emotions here like i'm deeply attached to these what did you say um products of conception (laughs) i'm I'm very attached to these products of conception yeah (laughs) i love that advice though it's okay to feel anxious um i actually had my miscarriage between and again i'm not comparing but my miscarriage was between my first two daughters and i had a really hard time 
connecting with that pregnancy up yeah. until the birth. Like, and it yeah. was an early miscarriage. I, I think I was nine weeks or something, but I was so afraid all the way until she arrived. And even yeah. after I remember yes. looking at her and being like, is she really here? Is she really staying? Yeah. And the reason I love your advice so much is it's okay to feel anxious is because a lot of us beat ourselves up. Like I should yeah. be connecting with her. I shouldn't oh, be anxious. Geez. I'm hurting her, but right. Like, so then we have all these layers of judgment and guilt. And so I think that is just beautiful advice. And I've come to a place now where I just, I don't have to know why, but for some reason, that's the connection we're supposed to have, right? Like it was supposed to be a little disconnected for us. And there's so much we can learn and love about each other, even with that. Like, it's just different. Hmm. It doesn't have to be the same for every pregnancy. Yeah, yeah um, that disconnect is so real. Yeah, it's so real. Loss. It can even happen with a regular pregnancy. Um, I think we really beat ourselves up about, you know, needing to have this strong motherly instinct. And if we don't, we're this awful right. person who's yeah. doing it all wrong. Uh, it's like internalized mom guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or shaming ourselves, but it's okay to honor this really traumatic experience and this really traumatic loss that you've mm -hmm. been through. Yeah. And just take it day by day. I just had to go day by day. Uh, another thing that, that really helps in the pregnancy after loss is, is to not think like, oh, nine months to do like nine nine months it's like okay I have my my dating scan in a week and a half right and then after that milestone and I, and I have this like, yeah then I'll yeah. get this testing in two and a half like just it's okay to to slow down through the yeah. process yeah and the and the connection can happen after the baby is born too or even even months later sometimes it takes away they're strangers so yeah we're just yeah. getting to know each other we are we are um i always love referring to um dr shafali's work and mm -hmm. you know she talks a lot about like each of our each of our souls right each of our children come to us for a reason for us to learn something for them to learn something i believe that about our you know, our spirit, our babies that don't come through in a, in a typical birth too, like that all of these pregnancies and all of these, I know babies, I, is the way I term it, um, all of these experiences are here for a reason for each of mm -hmm. us. So if there's anxiety, let it be there, be curious about it, allow it. Like maybe that's the gift is learning to allow anxiety and not resist it and not fight it be someone who can cope with that anxiety someone who can be an example for others with that anxiety like but trusting that you know there's a reason this pregnancy is the way it is which can be so hard yeah. <laughs> when you're in it and not wanting yeah. it to be that way but afterwards in reflecting back can be really really healing yeah just recognizing that it's really hard yeah even yeah. if your mother-in-law is like oh just calm down it's not that big a deal like you can block out 
yeah. other people's comments and thoughts about your own emotions and feelings. Yeah. And hold space for our own trauma and anxiety and fears and just say, I am afraid. Yeah. And let that and let that be the thought instead of because I do this. So it's like, oh, I'm afraid of that. Oh, why are you afraid of that? Oh, right. you're crazy. Oh, you shouldn't have thoughts like that. It's like this shame spiral that I send myself into. Yeah. And I see yeah. other people, you know, other people in my community, we, we do this to our, to yeah. ourselves. Or even can... I'm afraid, what can I do to not be afraid? Sometimes the real healing is I'm afraid and that's okay. I'm just going to be here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. it's not even like, what do I need to do to make it better? It's just yeah. like, I'm going to have this human experience of having yeah. some fear. And it's scary. Yeah. 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 Anything else you came today wanting to share or you're feeling right now needs to be shared or anything lingering that you want to? Yeah. Yeah. I want to keep talking about how, how we can continue to connect with our babies and with oh, our grief beautiful. and to, yeah. to honor the whole process. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are some I, of your favorite ways to do that? Yeah. Because I've, I've put together a whole membership course bundle for people mm-hmm. who have been through this Yeah. called the, the TFMR support sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So it's this space. I'm just opening it. I'm just barely opening up it up now. Yeah. Um, prior to Prior to opening it up to everybody, it's it's only been open to my one-on-one clients. Yeah, yeah. And we, so I, I bring in all of the all of the tools and the modalities that I've used to connect with my baby and things that yeah. I've seen have worked for for other people, like journaling and art. So just giving yourself that mm-hmm. that space to kind of go into to use both sides of the brain, connect with mm-hmm. the heart, also connect with the body. Um, there are Reiki videos there. So Reiki has been this mm. like really, it really, it can be like any type of energy healing modality that you're called to. Yeah. Some people like to buy crystals and like have their crystals on a, on an altar, maybe yeah. with the, the ultrasound picture frames, you know, just all of these gentle practices that we can draw on to to connect can you think of anything that in a a place you know that's yeah yeah (sighs) can you think of any examples of something um you've been working with somebody and they've said I'm gonna do this and it like almost surprised you in this very delightful amazing way like that is not the typical like candle or art or like um anything that's just like kind of out of the box and amazing. <laughs> okay, so something something surprising. Well, I'm always I'm always so surprised with the the creativity of my community, different rituals that they that they put together, like yeah. writing their baby's name on a a piece of paper um, and then and then burying it in a special place mm. to ritualize and remember and 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 um, give their baby a resting place. Yeah. So oh, I, um, I I have a I have a friend who's also in the TFMR community. Yeah. And she she runs groups for people who have uh, had HG. Um, 
I can never yeah, say Yeah, I know. Uh, Hyperemesis. Gravita. Gravita? Yeah, I know. That's um, a big one for a lot of people. So now we're in the, for those who don't know, um, it's like, it's not just pregnancy nausea or like extreme no. health no threatening levels of nausea yeah Yeah. (laughs) and unfortunately for some people that's a condition that they they can't keep a pregnancy it's it's too much to be able to safely carry a pregnancy um or comfortably carry a pregnancy up to up to one in three yeah yeah pregnancies with this condition wow Um, yeah either either end in miscarriage because the person is so malnourished right or, um, right or they have to get a termination yeah to save themselves yeah so okay so, so you she, said i have a friend yeah yeah so 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 she so she did this and then she asked the community if anybody else wanted to um you know have her write their baby's names on on a piece of paper as I well and that. so it's like a collective yeah. and then something that we can can do in a in a community because yep. Community yeah. morning rituals are so healing. It's yeah. validating. There are other people who see right. this is painful and we're here for you in this yeah. pain. Yeah. And even when we were talking earlier about release, um, that re- you said the words resting place and knowing that there's some like some representation of where yeah. you're, where you're letting this, energy this soul this these ideas these thoughts like where you're letting it be so you know it's somewhere beautiful somewhere hopeful somewhere loved um can make that room so that you can do the other healing work you need to do yeah i did something similar on a beach um Uh because i didn't get my baby's ashes some Uh people do some people don't maybe it was too hard to make the decision in the moment maybe they're not offered maybe you're not allowed right right these laws or yeah um but I did a ritual at the beach where I gathered up the sand and I was like these are her ashes and then I spread them in the Mm -hmm. ocean yeah so I always think of that you know that resting place yeah for her beautiful all right. Well, where can people find you? Um, I found you on Instagram <laughs> or you found me. I think you might've yeah. found me on Instagram. Um, other places people can find you. I know, I think you're, you have a lot of links if I remember correctly in, in your bio, like places people can find you. Yeah. In my bio, um, on Instagram, which is the TFMR doula. Yep. Um, you can also find access to some free journaling prompts, art prompts. Um, and I have a a Facebook group for people who have been through a termination for medical reasons Mm -hmm. called the TFMR support circle. Yeah. Um, and that's application only, um, or on my website, the TFMR doula.com. All of those links are there. Um, and I know I mentioned, uh, like I do one-on-one, I also have group grief circles. Those are so helpful for people Mm. because we're able to open up where maybe they can't even tell people in their family what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my website, Instagram, Facebook, (laughs) all the ways, (laughs) those those are, those are the places right now. Good. 
Good. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. And um, yeah, anyone, please reach out to Sabrina, join her groups if that's helpful to you. Um, everyone's story is unique, but this is definitely a whole community who, who can relate to each other in a different way. I mean, sometimes it's even hard as someone who has had a lifestyle abortion, like just for lifestyle reasons, um, you feel like, well, I can't say that to Sabrina because she had to choose for medical reasons. It's like, mm. so sometimes even not that you're putting off that energy, but sometimes it's even hard for those of us to, who have not chosen for medical reasons to be like, oh, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to um, so it's, it is nice to have communities where, you know, everybody's in the same boat kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say to those people, um, like join various groups until you find the one yes. like, that you really yeah. feel safe in and that you feel like you can express yourself. Yeah. Um, the same way with TFMR there, there are different groups out there. Find the one that you like the most. Yeah. The one that you feel the safest in because when yeah. we feel safe, then we can start to, to process easier and process the trauma. Yeah. I feel like the two things I say the most are you're not alone and keep yeah. looking, just keep oh, looking, keep looking, keep great. believing. Yeah. Well, oh, thank, thank you. you and um, we'll stay in touch and um, I look forward to sharing this with the community. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.